0: Hey, everybody, this is Joe Chavarria, and you are listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you've gotten value out of these episodes, please, please, please rate this podcast and share with other people you think it'll help. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Welcome back. I am Joe Chavarria. Super excited to have all of you back. And uh, in this video, I'm going to to cover three easy ways to begin the process of, of repairing your credit. Now, before I dive into to all of that, I want to remind everybody that uh, be sure to subscribe so you can get uh, updated content that I provide. Uh, I don't do it all the time, daily, but I do provide uh, quite a bit of content I pushed out there. Um, all things credit related, I talk about things that are going on in the credit world and, and you know, regarding maybe uh, lawsuits that are going out there with uh, you know court cases with against the credit bureaus, against some debt collectors, gonna kind of share stuff uh, about that. And so so be sure to subscribe to to be alerted when all that information comes out. Um, Also be sure to check out part two of this video. In this video, I'm gonna cover the the, the intro, uh, the easy steps to begin the process of repairing your credit um, but there is a part two to this video that will cover a little bit more in detail and, and actually will kind of take a, when you're ready to take your credit to, to the next level. Now, also, let me throw my, my disclaimer out there um, in watching this video. Um, I'm not making any kind of promises, no guarantees. Uh, everyone's going to have different results. Individual results may vary. Um, also, um, not here to provide any legal advice or any financial advice if you need the advice of, of attorney or financial planner my, my advice and recommendation will be to seek the advice of an attorney or a financial planner that that you know all right so now that all that's out of the way let me dive into to step number one which is where to get your credit report this is really important although it may you know you may think you know where to get your report this is actually pretty important because there's so many different places so many different platforms um, to get your score, some places will give you FICO scores. Some of them will give you Vantage scores. Some of them will give you one bureau. Some will give you two. Some will give you all three. Uh, there, there's there's a lot of different places where you can get your reports. And so let me kind of talk a little bit about that, and just kind of give the pros and cons of some of those most popular sites. I'll throw in there the recommendation that I have. And I'll tell you why, and, uh, and I'll kind of tell you you know exactly what to look out for. So. Um, I would actually recommend setting up a credit monitoring service and it's not a free site. These credit monitoring services are not free. A lot of them have a monthly subscription service, usually anywhere between like 10 bucks up to about 30 bucks you know, per month. Um, there's a lot of good ones kind of right in the middle for about 20 bucks per month. And the reason why I recommend this is, because it's going to make things a little easier for you Uh, you'll get alerts you'll get updated Uh, it's going to make the whole process a little bit easier for you because of the alerts Uh, you can go in there once per month and and, and refresh your report score so you can see the updated data on your report rather having to keep up with all the paper trail that's coming in from the bureaus that you'll start to get Um, or going to the site manually requesting the report. Nothing wrong with that, that's fine too. You can still get a desired result from from doing it that way. Um, But if you wanna make things a little easier for you, I would recommend subscribing to, to a credit monitoring service. Now, let me talk about the credit monitoring services that I recommend and which ones I wouldn't recommend. Um, so, so one of the ones I recommend is, is actually from identity IQ. Um, now they are also my little disclaimer, they are a, a sponsor. Um, but I'll talk about why. So it's all three scores.com, which is the website. Um, it's all the number three scores.com. I'll put the link in the subscription, uh, in the description. Um, and the reason why I, I like them and I recommend them is also because they provide very comprehensive reports. So they'll provide you with, with, Pretty much all the details you need to begin repairing your credit such as all the accounts that are on your report from all three bureaus they provide the account numbers addresses the phone numbers to some of these agencies um and it has all the data you need to be able to formulate a very effective argument for demanding deletions of some negative items on your report so that's a good that's a great website to begin there's also myfico.com myfico is not a sponsor by the way um, my FICO is is a great site to know what your FICO scores are uh, from all the from all the different types of score versions from the different bureaus. Um, you know, just so you know, you have really more than one score. You have one. There's, there's three major credit bureaus: Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. But below all of that, you also have all different kinds of score versions. You have FICO Auto, FICO Mortgage, FICO Bank Card, uh, FICO Eight, FICO Nine, FICO X, which is coming out. Um, yeah, vantage scoring, so many different types of scores. You can get really confusing if you don't really know uh, what score you're looking at. So what, what, what I recommend is if you're trying to buy a house, I definitely would recommend subscribing to myFIco.com. Maybe doing both. maybe do an identity IQ plus my FICO because myFICO, it's not the greatest for like repairing your credit and the main reason why is because they don't supply the account numbers. So you won't have the account numbers on, on the accounts, which does help in, in when you're disputing a certain account to, to allow the credit reporting agencies to quickly locate that account you're disputing by name of the account and account number. You don't want to give the bureaus any reason to ignore the dispute or delay the process. So that's the, you know, one thing. If you do want the account number, which I've noticed my FICO many times does not provide account numbers on, on certain accounts on the report. So. Another big reason why i recommend identity iq but i still recommend my fico from a scoring perspective because they're going to give you your fico mortgage score from all three bureaus they're going to give you your fico auto scores if you're trying to if you're trying to buy a house you need to know your fico mortgage score mortgage lenders are using fico versions two four and five the only site the only website that i know the only place to really get your your mortgage credit scores is to have a lender pull your credit which you don't really want to do that because that's a hard inquiry on your credit report, which could lower your score a couple points um, but to get to, to know your actual mortgage score, FICO, MyFICO.com. I I haven't seen any other website that provides mortgage credit scores, right? So you know exactly what the mortgage lenders are looking for. So you know that's a, one reason why I recommend MyFICO. If you're trying to buy a car, that way, you know your auto scores. Um, if you're trying to get a credit card, that way, you know your bank card scores. Mortgage companies typically can give someone a more uh, approve somebody for a home with a credit score between 580, 620, or above. Uh, That obviously, but usually 580 seems to be kind of like the minimum for a lot of lenders. And so it's good for you to know what your mortgage scores are and to see if you're even above the 580. Um, Auto lenders typically, you know, 600 or above is where you start to see, you know, more favorable interest rates. Anything below that, you know, kind of have some higher rates, but it's good to know what your auto scores are. Um, So, so, you know, big reason why I recommend my FICO, really from the scoring perspective, they have good alerts too, like Identity IQ but uh, for repairing your credit um, IDIQ actually probably would be the the better way to go. Uh, There's Credit Karma, there's Credit Sesame. I don't really recommend those because for Credit Karma, you're missing Experian and you don't, it's just a harder site to navigate through to get to like the report and the data you need to dispute. Whereas Identity IQ, you set up the account access to the report, the data's right there. It's really easy to get to. Um, and then with uh, with credit assessing, I think they just provide one bureau, so you're you're not getting all three bureaus. Those are also Vantage scores, by the way. So those those are Vantage credit scores, which FYI, Vantage and FICO, they're they're, they're like competitors. Um, my FICO may not see Vantage as a major competitor just yet because FICO still controls the market. They still pretty much supply the majority of the credit scores to the marketplace. Um, so mo- but most of these websites will provide, with the exception of my we will provide a Vantage score. So if you're you know, looking from, from a scoring perspective, Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, uh, they're going to provide your, score, your, uh, your Vantage scores and they don't provide all bureaus. Um, if you want to save some money, you don't want to you know, want to pay for any, any uh, credit monitoring. Um, Identity IQ is like between 19 to 20 to, to 30 bucks per month. My FICO, they have three different plans. I usually recommend that 30 dollars a month plan because I give you monthly alerts and uh, monthly updated scores from all the bureaus and all the score versions. Um, actually, I think that's 40 bucks per month, my bet, on, on my FICO for that one. Um, so a little bit on the pricier side, but you get a lot for under my FICO. Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, those sites are free. The, down, the drawback is you're missing one bureau uh, or two bureaus that don't provide you this, the, the, the data from all the bureaus. Plus, it's a harder to report to, to, to read to, to get through the data. Um, but if you want to save some money and, and, and get a report and not, not really too concerned about the monitoring aspect of it, Um, You can go to the credit bureau websites directly. You go to Experian.com directly, Equifax.com directly, TransUnion.com directly, set up an account, get the data, get your report. Um, and I'll put the link to, to their sites in the description below. There's also another website, there's annualcreditreport.com, which is like the government uh, recommended website um, to get your report. Um, as the time of making this video, you know, this is probably two months after uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic hit, and so um, annualreport.com used to just provide you know, reports once per month for free to, to consumers, hence the name annualreport.com. But since the pandemic, they're they gone to weekly. So you get a report on a weekly basis from, from annualreport.com. Now, by the time I'm making this video, if that's gone. You know, my apologies. But uh, you know, um, and, and who knows how long? I think at least they're gonna let that run for about a year. So um, at the time I'm making this video, you know, we're kind of in, right in the beginning stages of it. So you know, for those that are watching this, you know, one two years later, it's not available. Uh, if it's not available anymore, my my apologies. But, uh, okay, so uh, one drawback with annualreport.com before I move on to the next step is there, there's a little, you know, the, the, the credit bureaus actually get an additional um, 15 days to investigate a dispute if the dispute comes from an annualreport.com. That's, that's one of the main things I don't like. Um, the Fair Credit Reporting Act gives the, the, the data furnishers and the bureaus 30 days to investigate and to respond to a dispute if the, the exception to that is if the report comes from an annual credit com uh, website, then the, the, the bureaus and the data furnishers are allowed an additional two weeks basically to, to respond. So about 45 days, as opposed to 30 days to respond. So that's one thing I don't like about it. Uh, why I wouldn't recommend it. It's free. It's good. Um, you know, free is always good, but uh, you know, where it's not good is obviously it's going to delay the, the the process especially if you're trying to repair your credit um, in, a, in a you know a time frame maybe two months three months maybe four probably don't have, have the luxury of waiting that long all right so and again I'll put the links to to these sites in the description below be sure to check that out uh, let's talk about what to look for so step number two is once you get your report what are you looking for what are you looking at well, you know what what do you need to really focus on? So there's really uh, four main components to your report. You have the personal information section, um, also I'm going to refer to as identifiers. So you know when I hear, when you hear the word identifiers, that just means personal information like name, addresses, date of birth, things like that. Um, number two, you'll see the accounts, right? So you have like all of the all the accounts you've ever had, where it will be car, credit cards, auto loans, um, you know. Collection accounts, anything that got reported, your report as an account will be located in the account section on your report, which is going to take out the bulk of your report. The bulk of your report is going to be in the account section. Um, thirdly, you have your inquiry section. So all the hard inquiries, right? This is all the hard inquiries, and this is and a hard inquiry is basically a bank or a lender who check your credit report to verify if you are, you know, a candidate for for a loan or for a line of credit or for their services. Uh, that that would be known as a hard inquiry. So anyone who has viewed your report for a lending uh, purpose uh, or a credit decision making purpose uh, will be located in the inquiry section on your report. And then fourthly is gonna be public records. Um, It used to be judgments and tax liens and bankruptcies were located in the public records, Um, but June or July, I believe in 2017, they did away with that. So uh, let me rephrase. Uh, Judgments and tax liens are no longer on your Equifax, Experian, TransUnion report in the public records section. They are, however, on other places like LexisNexis, which is another basically credit reporting agency like Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, it's called LexisNexis. Um, So if you have any any, uh, idea uh, or any belief that you have a judgment maybe against you or a tax lien, you're going to want to order your LexisNexis report. I'll put the link in the description below as well how to get your LexisNexis report. Um, but what still what still remains on your on your main report and main your report will be bankruptcies. Bankruptcies under Chapter Seven or Thirteen. Um, if you've filed bankruptcy before, they will be on your report. Uh, real quick on how long accounts stay on your report. So uh, names and ad- addresses obviously are always going to be there. Um, accounts and uh, well, let me rephrase. <laughs> names and addresses. There's, there's ways to get them removed, which I'll talk about. Um, but if you leave them alone, they'll they'll always be there. Um, accounts and you know. Collections and charge-offs, positive data will remain on your report indefinitely. Negative data will remain on the report for a period of seven years, or 10 years if it's a chapter seven bankruptcy, but you know, collections, charge-offs, lay pays, that's gonna remain on the report for a period of seven years from the date of the first delinquency. Uh, first delinquency meaning, let's say you had a credit card, like a Chase credit card, and uh, it's charged off right it went unpaid for a period of time um but the first delinquency would be like that very first moment you went 30 days delinquent. that's the first delinquency so seven years from that date is when that account should fall off your report um inquiries uh, they on they're on your report for two years uh, but they're only scored for the first 12 months right so the, but they're on they're only on the report for, for two years all right so let's talk about what to what what to look for Okay, so um, before I get to step three, which is how to formulate the, the dispute, uh, let's just talk about what to look for. So the personal, and, and, and really what you want to do is, I don't know, with a notepad and a pen or, you know, maybe print out, probably easier thing would be to print out your report and and highlight it. I know printing, you know, is probably legacy technology, but, you know, printing still is, is good. Uh, it's still very, very helpful. Or you can do it on your screen with, you know, a mouse. You have a highlighter button. That's fine too. If you to do digitally. I'm a paper kind of guy, so I, I would print it out, um, I would highlight certain things. So when we're talking about addresses and, and personal information, also identifiers, look for names that are misspelled, names you don't use, names that are incorrect or names you just don't want on your report, highlight those. Really, you should only have one variation of your name, which well, may be your first and last name, uh, maybe your first and middle initial and in your last name or first name, middle name, last name on the report, but even any name that's misspelled, highlight that. Any name that doesn't belong to you, highlight that. Any name that you just don't want on your report, highlight that, and what you're highlighting for is the accounts that you're gonna to wanna to dispute, okay? Then you're looking at addresses. So addresses that you no longer live at anymore, um, addresses that are incorrect, addresses that, that, that don't belong to you, highlight those. And really, truthfully, you only need your current address. You know, Any address you've been at for at least six months and you, i would highlight the rest i'd get all the other addresses deleted a couple of reasons why number one it's your data right and and for the credit bureau for or for 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 a lender to have a bureau locate your file all they need all they need is your full name is your address that you've lived at for at least six months uh, and of course date of birth and social um, to have all that other data sitting there is is really to no benefit but to the bureaus because the bureaus make their money on selling data. That's one of their biggest cash cows is data selling, right? You know, the, 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 the trade of, of your of your data and it's your data, right? So for me personally, this is just my kind of personal vendetta, I guess, against the bureaus is I don't, I don't want them making a big, big profit on me. So I want to limit the amount of data that's on my report. If you're the same way, I would recommend, you know, removing as many older addresses from your report as possible. Keep in mind, they only need one address that you lived at for six months to really locate your file. Um, so I'd highlight all of that. If you see any socials or date of birth that are incorrect, highlight those. Those are gonna be, those are all those, those those personal um, highlights that you're making are gonna go into one separate dispute letter that'll be addressed to Experian, to Equifax, and to TransUnion. Then once you're done with that, look at all the accounts, okay? And by and accounts and public records, we're not going to focus on inquiries, um, not yet. At least I have another video on inquiries, but we're going to talk about accounts and collections and public records, okay? Or accounts and public records. So when you're going through this, look for negative data that's on the report. Don't worry about the positive data. Look for negative data. Look at collections. Look at charge offs. Look at accounts that are that are that are reported late, that have been reported late in the last twenty-four months. When you're looking at late payments, look to see if the month that you were reported 30 or 60 days late, look to see if it matches up on that timeline in the right month, right? Sometimes what you may see, let's take, let's say that Chase credit card, let's say we're in the month of June and let's say that you were 30 days late in the month of January, but you have a 30 day late in the month of January reported on Equifax. That same 30 day late, it's like in February, reported to Experian. And then that same 30 delays reported to to TransUnion in January. Well, we're not denying, you know, you're not gonna deny if you're 30 days late or not. What you're you're gonna argue is, if the information is coming from one place, the Furnisher, Chase, Bank of America, whoever, when they report information, they report information to the bureaus once per month, okay? If they're reporting information once per month, how in the world does the information just get conflicted and just get misreported across all the bureaus? Obviously, someone didn't do their job. I wouldn't argue that. I'm gonna, I I want to let Equifax and TransUnion Experience know that if the information is coming from one place, how is it that I'm 30 days late, according to Equifax, but at the same time, I'm on time, according to experience. Clearly, this information got misreported. This 30 day late payment as it sits today is inaccurate. And I demand this account be deleted from my report. Okay. Actually, let me rephrase you don't want the account deleted. I demand that this late payment be deleted from the report because, you know, with late payments, if it's an open account, you're still paying on You don't want the entire account deleted. You just want the the, the late payment uh, gone. Um, So I don't argue that. I would argue that. Uh, collections and charge-offs. Some things to look for. Look, look at discrepancies. Look at the date, uh, the date open. Look at the date of last activity. The date last reported. Uh, balances. If you see anything across the board, that's a mismatch, right? It doesn't match perfectly across the board. As the way that the Fair Credit Reporting Act reads today, items on your report have to be 100% accurate. Okay? Can't be 99% accurate. Can't be 99.9% accurate. It has to be. 100% accurate, maximum possible accuracy. So if it's you know 1% shy of being accurate, and you call them out on that, and you obviously see this is not you know maximum possible accuracy here, it's their job to make it maximum possible accurate. So if they don't fix that, then potentially you could have a violation there. But clearly, as as you see some of those late payments are sitting, or any of these accounts that are sitting that don't match the information across the board, that is going to be the basis of your of your argument. Again, if the information is coming from one place, which it is, debt collectors, creditors, they report information once per month to the bureaus. When they submit the information and through through technology and platforms like eOscar, for example, the bureaus on the other side, they get an alert, they have some data that was pushed through their system, and they have uh, employees or whoever, right, who grab that that, that data and then populate it into, into the credit fields, right? So somewhere in that transmission, something is being done late, something is not being done right, there's an error there that's causing that late payment or that data across the board to be inaccurate. And guess what? It's not your fault, it's their fault, right? They need to fix that. And so that's what you need to call out and bring to their attention, and that's going to be the basis of your argument. You're not going to want to dispute, like some of these experts may tell you, dispute the account is not yours. Or dispute that uh, hey this account's inaccurate. Please investigate. That's not a good argument. You need to to take almost the entire investigation process out of the hands of the bureaus, and you need to make the investigation process pretty much. You need to do the investigation process yourself. Basically, is what I'm saying. And so when you when when the when the when the dispute letter is sent over to the bureau or to yeah to the bureaus and the investigation begins, it's like we're not asking you to go and try to figure this out yourself. We're telling you. This is the problem. Here's why it's a problem. Here's what I want done. I want the account deleted if we're talking about the collection or charge off, or I want the lay payment deleted if we're talking about late payments, right? You're gonna, so that's, that's really when you formulate your dispute, uh, which is we're kind of going into, into, into number three here, which you know, is a little preview to that. Um, actually, let me come back to that. Um, actually, before I forget, when you're, when, you're, when, you, you know, when you're formulating your argument, when you're formulating a dispute, you need to mention number one, um, why you know, or what's wrong with the account? Like, why are you disputing it? And then number two, what do you want the outcome to be? Talk about that a little bit more here in a little bit. Um, so when you're going through through through, through the through the report. Right. When you when you when you're again highlighting highlight lates highlight collection accounts highlight charge offs highlight what's wrong with it highlight all of that. If you have public records, which would be like a bankruptcy, highlight what you see was wrong with that. Okay. All that's going to all all the, the the accounts and the collections or any bankruptcies you have, that's going to go in a separate letter from your identifiers. Okay. There's going to be two two separate letters that you're going to have here. Okay. And uh, so you have two letters for Equifax, two letters for Experian, two letters for for TransUnion. In the description below i'm going to put the addresses for the bureaus there's a, there's an address that works really well for identifiers when you're disputing your identifiers and there's a certain address for the bureaus that works really well for accounts and, and, and collections so i'll put those addresses in the description below uh, so step number three let's talk about how to begin to formulate your dispute letter how to how to uh, formulate your argument again two separate letters identifiers and accounts uh, going to the bureaus to s- you know, going to the bureaus, but two different addresses. Um, and when you're wording your dispute letter, you want to keep it short and sweet, okay? You put the date at the top, put the name of the bureau that you're mailing that letter to, uh, dear Equifax, dear Experian, dear TransUnion, dear whoever, and just simple wording, I reviewed my report, the information below I have found to be inaccurate, um, I, the information that I'm disputing below, I demand to be deleted or corrected. And once your investigation is, is, is concluded, and the accounts that I'm requesting to be deleted is deleted, right? Kind of assuming they're going to do their job and get these accounts deleted, send me an updated report. Okay? And so, and then you then below that, you just list the the uh, the name, you know, kind of one, two, three, four, kind of kind of itemize it. And you know, one, you put the account name, put the the put the account number or partial account number and then uh, dash your basis for your dispute, right? Let's say, let's say we're like that, that 30 day late payment We're there's a Chase card. so we be Chase, partial account number, dash. According to, according to Equifax, I was 30 days late in January. And according to Experian, I was 30 days late in February, period, new sentence. If the information is coming from the same source, how in the world is the information not matching up, period? Clearly this information is inaccurate. Period. The 30-day late payment has been misreported. Period. I am demanding that the 30-day late payment be permanently deleted from my report. Period. Please delete this late payment immediately. Period. That's it. That's like that's the format for 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 your dispute. And you wanna do that for every late payment, every charge off, every collection that that you see. Remember late payments only, you're not demanding the entire account be deleted. You only want the late payments deleted with collections and charge offs. You want the entire account deleted. Those places have no room on your credit board. You wanna get those off. Make sure you have a good dispute. Don't be lazy and don't put, please investigate this account or please just delete this account it's not gonna work that way. You're not gonna get good results that way. You have to formulate your argument. Again, imagine trying to just do the investigation for them, present the evidence as you see it, basically doing their job for them and tell them what you want done specifically, okay? You will see far greater results by doing it that way versus just throwing like a blanket letter saying, hey, please review these accounts or please delete these accounts. You're not gonna get very far with that. Um, so keep it simple, right? And then, you know, you know, put your name and address and all that information below, sign it. Um, Or if you don't sign it, that's fine too. You don't have to sign it. I would even include that and keep it on one page. Try to keep it on one page, one page, the better. If you need to shrink down the font, that's fine too, but make it one page. The second page, um, attach a copy of your ID and social. Okay. Make sure your ID is fully updated, has your current address and then your social security card. Put that on on one document. So you have two documents that are going to that bureau, right? You have your your dispute letter and you have your ID and social. So put both of them together. Um, And then you can actually, you don't have to really go to the post office. If you have stamps, great. If you have envelopes, great. But let's just say, let's assume that you don't. Let's say you don't have envelopes. You don't have stamps. You don't want to go to the post office. That's perfectly fine too. There's a website called letterstream.com. Um, and I'll put the link in the description as well. Within Letterstream, you can actually upload the letter. You can, you can, you can send it first class mail, certified mail. When you're sending to the bureaus, you don't need to send certified. You can just send it regular mail, or first class mail, and uh, you can do everything online. You can pay for, for, for the postage and and, and all that it usually comes if, you know, postage, if you went to the post office and, and mailed it that way, maybe 50 cents per, per, per envelope. Um, when you do it online, like Letterstream is going to come out to probably a About a dollar, dollar and some change, you know, per 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 letter. So maybe about fifty to seventy cents more. But you don't have to really invest in letters and stamps or go to the post office. You can do everything online. So uh, so upload it in LetterStream, send it. Now, if you need if you need any help with the letter templates, I'm also going to put a link to the description where you can go to to my site and download uh, some free letter templates for the accounts and collections and for for the identifiers. Little little template for you, and all you do is plug in the information. It's pretty much good to go um so i'm gonna kind of end it there be sure to check out part two which in part two would talk about after you send the letters out you know what do you do after that right like how long you need to wait for how do you stay organized in that time frame uh, what to do when they start to respond back so check out that video um, and i'll put the the, the link into the description as well to check out that video Um, again if you like this video please please show your support show your love uh, by liking this video so i can you know continue to put out content like this um, and if you want to stay up to date with credit related news, be sure to subscribe to my channel. Um, and uh, and other than that, I want to thank you for dropping by. I hope this information was uh, was helpful and I'll see you on the next one. Take care, guys. Hey, guys, just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you received any value of any of these episodes, please, 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 por favor, rate this podcast and share it with other people you'll think it'll benefit. Again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cup of Joe. I'll see you on the next one, guys.